0: I'm so glad that you're here today with me on the Content Creation Made Easy podcast. I'm talking to Jasmine West, who is a copywriter. She describes herself as a storytelling strategist, which is a great way to say what she does without just being like, snooze, I'm a copywriter. And this is an important message that I want you all to have today because copywriting is vital to your content and your messaging. But so many of us feel like well, why is copy so hard? It's my English language. Like I speak English. Why is it so hard? And then other people feel like I'm a terrible writer. I'm never going to be able to do this. So you're either telling yourself it should be easier or it's too hard for you. And either way, you're feeling stuck with your copy. So that's why I've invited Jasmine on because one of the things that keeps us from creating content is thinking we suck at writing. And Jasmine is here to teach us. We don't suck at writing. So, thank you, Jasmine, for joining us today from warm, sunny Southern California while well, I am freezing my ass off and it's five degrees. That is F I V E five in Syracuse, New York today. So, thanks yes. for being here. I'm so happy to be here. I was just
1: telling you before we started recording, like, I can't even comprehend five degrees. Like, just five degrees. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't have a be. It's, it's horrible. I'll just say it's horrible. <laughs> But yeah, I'm so excited to be here and talking with you today. So um thank you for that. My pleasure. Introduction too.
0: Yeah. Well, people need to understand that copywriting isn't scary and you don't need a degree in it to do it and that you can get better at it. And so I'd love for you to start by telling us how did you get started to become a copywriter?
1: Completely by accident, actually. <laughs> like a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic. I had a full-time job and I was just working in my full-time job, but I was kind of like, well, you know, things are shut down. Business is kind of slow. So let me just see, like, let me just explore stuff, figure out some ways I can make extra money. And so I was kind of just Googling these programs, not copywriting programs, but I stumbled across this marketing kind of accelerator. Okay. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Um, Just get into something different, learn a new skill set, and copywriting. uh, So I signed up with like this mentor who had a business um, and this platform kind of you exchange mentees and mentors as a way to kind of build experience which is really cool. And she was like, hey, I'd love you to write some emails for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. I naturally am a really good writer. I have a research background. So I've been writing like in academia for a long time. And so I was like, oh, that's not a problem. I love writing. And then so I just hit those out of the park right away. I got her like a 30% or 35% open rate and like a 5% click through rate, which I had no idea what that meant at that time. But she was like, oh, that's really good. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we kind of just went from there and then it was about two months before I even understood that was copywriting because for her I was just writing for her writing for her business and so um it was like a gradual progression of oh I'm pretty good at this writing and business context thing and then I discovered oh it's copywriting and then I kind of just continued on from there with other clients too.
0: So do you have a specialty now that you have stepped into copywriting full time and it's your, it's your gig?
1: Yeah. So I primarily write launch copy. So for businesses that are newly launching, um, primarily, um, I'll write their sales pages or either sales campaigns or emails, their email sequences. I typically don't write a lot of ad copy, um, just because a lot of the times, the Facebook ad managers will kind of write that, um, but I can. But mainly, sales pages, email sequences, landing pages, and things like that. I really, really just love that kind of launch energy.
0: Well, I need to say thank God for people like you because almost everybody who is a solopreneur and is doing this themselves are they're really scared yes. of launch wording of sales page, right? Like it's terrifying to them. Yeah, I actually
1: work with a couple of clients that have been in business for a, a really long time, but they've never really officially launched before. They've gotten their business primarily through referrals or like they've done softer launches, but they didn't even know it was really what that was. So they didn't have all the official assets. Um, and it's it can be really intimidating for people. So part of my process, I am kind of the copywriter where I don't want you to need me. I want to be taking a load off of you. So, but we, mine is very done with you instead of done for you. I write all the copy, but I really like to focus on, hey, let's meet, let me tell, tell me your stories. Tell me what, you know, you want this launch kind of Theme to be. And then we can work through that together. I'll tell you, you know, I have Google docs where I'll comment why I'm doing these things. So it's kind of like I'm teaching you copy nice. the science of it as we're doing it, but I'm, I get to do it. So and you it's kind of it. the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, so for people, what this podcast is for is for people who are not quite ready to hire somebody at the end of the podcast, I promise everybody, I will tell you how to get in touch with Jasmine. If you are really ready to hire somebody, but when people are at that place where they're like, I'm not really ready to hire somebody, but I really do need to get better at my copywriting. What are the stories that people are telling themselves? What are they struggling with at that moment?
1: Yeah. So people, I hear a lot like, well, you know, I'm just not a good writer. Like I can't, I don't put words on paper easily, or they'll, you know, think like, oh, copy is just such a kind of scientific marketing thing. You have to know all of these things, which in part is true. It is kind of more of like a process oriented. You have to learn the skill, but it's people mainly overthink it a lot. And so they go to templates for that because they're like, okay, plug and play, just, you know, it'll chuck it out for me. Unfortunately, that makes, in my opinion, the worst kind of copy (laughs) because when you're going from someone else's, that might have worked for them, but they're not your business. They're not your audience. They're not your, your energy. I said before, like a launch energy, I believe every launch has kind of its own theme like you can launch one time and it be completely different from how you read it the second time and etc um so the words are super important you have to choose them very intentionally and very wisely to get the response that you want and to get the the results that you want and unfortunately you know the plug and plays are not built for all of the the pieces and the little nuances that copy really requires, especially if you're wanting to do it very personally, which is the way I want to do it. I really foster, I want to foster, and I hope more people do foster that connection. Copy is just a way of connecting with your audience. So that's really lost. And sure, there's some, you know, more sophisticated templates, I would say, that kind of allow for you to to play in that sandbox a little better, but it's still a very tight sandbox. It doesn't allow for freedom of expression. It doesn't allow you to really play. Like, it'll tell you like a formula. It'll spit out a formula. Like, okay, you're first gonna do your problem, then your agitation. But what if you don't believe in that? What if your audience doesn't take well to being agitated In that certain way, you know, so that's where it really helps to one, know your audience and to really just get in touch with writing copy yourself, even if even if it's small copy, even if it's captions or even if it's, you know, just a website page, just getting familiar with your own voice and seeing how your audience responds to that.
0: What I'm hearing you say is something I say all the time, which is you have to know your audience really, really well in the words that they use. But the second thing I heard you say was you need to experiment with your own voice in bite-sized nuggets. And that's something that's really scary for people, especially if they come into you, if they come into copywriting saying, I suck at writing. So really what we're talking about here is a shift in identity from I'm a sucky writer to, I'm willing to try.
1: Yes. And you know that trying process is so beautiful because the business, like us as business owners and business coaches and everything the market is so sophisticated nowadays that there's so many templates out there. There's so many people know what copy is. They know what it looks like even if they can't identify it, they know what it is in a general sense. So then every copy kind of starts to sound the same. Every piece of copy starts to sound like the other one. And it doesn't allow you to really tap into your own voice and your own unique and everyone is unique. So it's really unfortunate, you know, that we're kind of in this space, but it gives a lot of room for you to be messy and to try things out and it will be fresh which yeah. is what the market, what the consumers need, because they're like, oh, well, that sounds different, or I've never heard it like that before. And only you can really tap into that yourself. Even me as a copywriter, if I'm looking at your page, and it sounds like everyone else's, I don't even have a clear guide for how how you write or how you want to sound. So I think it's even like me as a copywriter who gets clients to do this, you know, I'm really like, I want to see some copy that you make that you have out in the wild. So even if it's just small, it really helps to just kind of play with it. And it's fun. It's fun like that. Well, fun is a big thing for you
0: um, on your LinkedIn profile. You're like, I really want to teach you how to make copy fun. So now that we know, like, okay, it's going to take some experimentation. We have to step into, um, Owning the fact that we might think we're a sucky writer, we might have to step into the fact that, oh, I need to try and be uncomfortable. Can we talk about maybe two or three strategies to help us find our voice and stop thinking, oh, I want my website to sound just like Marie Forleo's or Amy Porterfield's or whatever like internet guru that you like? What are one or two things we could actually do to make this happen for ourselves? That's such a good question,
1: Jen. I love it. So, two things that I even employ, and I encourage almost everyone to employ copywriters, still get writer's block. Um, So, what I love to do is, especially when you're kind of finding your voice or experimenting with your voice, you don't quite know yet, Mm -hmm. I encourage you to just write from the framework of one of your interests or hobbies. So, think of something that you really like. Like for me, Um, I think I have this on my LinkedIn page. I love Hamilton and I love music. So like I'm saying like, write your emails like they're cool again, like writing like it's 1999. It's a Prince reference, right? So a lot of my content and a lot of my things that I put out there are from that reference of like, you know, music or wine. I love wine. So I'll make a lot of references to that. So, I will say pick one or two interests and write from that frame of reference. So, if you love, you know, um, Marisa Corcoran, who's one of my mentors, she loves Real Housewives, right? So, if you love a show, write like you're about, or maybe not your about me page, try to write maybe like a services page and use that, you know, like as if you're one of your favorite people on there. Or not necessarily in their voice, just be, just make references to it or find ways that you can play with that and just do that all in a theme. And it's going to be a lot at first. You're going to be like, you're going to read it back and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this sounds so cheesy. But then you can always go and edit it and keep the ones that feel good because you're going to write so much goodness. It frees you up because you're not thinking, you're not overthinking it because you're just from that one specific frame of reference.
0: This is really fun because it's like, you have to remember you can write it, but it doesn't have to go on your website. It doesn't, the email doesn't have to be sent. Like you can, you can go far with this and be crazy and sound cheesy, but then just like kind of edit it down to sound like, okay, how many, how much of this can I take out so that it's relatable? And exactly. But I also get the sense that you're saying when you're speaking through like a hobby or a love or a perspective that you have, it lets your audience know you more. Like you have a personality that shows up.
1: Exactly, and that's what a lot of. I think we all have so much personality, but we kind of go online and we don't see that, or we see everyone else's personality, and they seem so big, and we're like, "Well, I'm not that big of a personality, you know. I'm not um, Marie Forleo, or you know, I'm not this big,
0: yeah,
1: audacious, audacious kind of person. I'm more." you know, laid back. And that's me too. So it really helps me kind of bring that boldness out of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I have opinions. I have, you know, I'm funny. I'm witty. Yeah. Um, so it kind of allows you to just tap into that and tap in really hard. And then it'll be easier going down because you have kind of, you found that within you. So that's kind of a way
0: to find that. I really like this because It moves us away from, like Marisa always says, the sea of sameness, right? Like that you're just one fish in a sea of a, that's not her, but like her whole thing is like being a generalist in a sea of other generalists. And in today's marketplace, you don't want to sound like you're allowed to bring your culture in, right? Like you're allowed to bring your cultural references in, or we want you to stand apart from other People, so that you are not trying to look like or sound like or co opt something that's really not yours to co opt, but to have fun with it and to show up in a way that is more you, like bring up your you ness.
1: Yes, that's such a good point. And I love what you said about bringing culture in because I was making pop culture references, but this does not have to be pop culture references at Mm -hmm. all. It could be, oh, I love to cook. So, Bring in that, you know, bring in that to your services page if you offer, you know, I don't know, if you offer content, you know, you can say, okay, you know, we're going to chef up these ingredients and name your ingredients list and that's going to be, you know, part of your services or, you know, things like that that really just make it fun and make it you. And if you like to, you know, if you're really a part of family, you like to go out to museums or you like cultural things, those can all be pieces that are really easy to tie in and you, but you won't really see that until you start writing. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. It's almost like you're saying permission granted to be who you are in your copy. There's this woman I follow on Instagram. Her name is my Latina nutritionist. And I am obviously a very white uh, cis, I'm cisgender, you know, I'm, I'm like as vanilla as they come. Right. But I love to follow her because she's So, and I don't mean this pun the way I'm going to say it, but like, she's so flavorful in her copy. And she talks, like she refers to her people as chicas. And she refers to, you know, she's like all about her rice and beans. And I did not grow up in that culture, but like, I love that she has stepped into that cultural aspect of herself and given herself permission to like, this is who I am. And this is who I'm speaking to. And this is like, I'm going to talk about these elements in my copy all the time. And it's so much fun to read her. Cause she's not talking about kale, strawberry smoothings. Like she's right. talking about like, it's okay to love your rice and beans. Right. And that's a really good
1: point too, because sometimes a fear that I hear is, well, you know, if I talk about this certain aspect of me all the time, people can't relate to that because they're not from that frame of reference, but they still appreciate it. People can appreciate that and they can learn more. They can learn more like, oh, i never, you know, thought about that. Or maybe I need to watch that. Or maybe I need to make some rice and beans, you know? Right. <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> White ass, make rice and beans. Yes. Right. But it when it just allows you to show up and your audience desperately needs that and wants that, they want to see, they don't want another copywriter. They want another you. They want you to write their copy. They want you to create their content. They want you to coach them. So it's really if but if you're not allowing your audience to see you, then that's not kind of counterintuitive. And if they don't like you, bye. It's okay. There's bye. And they're not they're not not for you. Yeah. You just saved yourself many headaches because if they did sign up as your client, and you didn't relate to them, I'm a very firm believer that it's not only business, right? I really, you know, want clients that understand my personality that, you know, I get along with, we don't have to be best friends. But you know, I want you to know me. and That makes for a more professional and a more friendly relationship when we just naturally understand some aspects of each other. You know, especially in copy, you don't want someone that's writing biz opportunities, you know, when you're like a holistic soul coach. Right. (laughs) There's just different things. And yes, part of the magic of a copywriter is they can tap into different voices, but the overall, you know, vibe is going to be different. It's going to be off. So you need to do that in your services as well.
0: I love this because again, it's like permission granted to be who you are, to say goodbye to the people who don't resonate with you because that's okay. And like, another thing is I actually wrote on one of my sales pages. I'm not for you. If you hate cursing, I curse. That's just me. If like, and imagine if in all of my, like my podcast and my, if everything was like sweet and syrupy, and then you got on a call with me, like, you're kind of an asshole, Jen. Like I don't really want to work with you. You have to kind of present yourself in your copy as who you really are.
1: Yes, 100%. Because then it's, and this sounds kind of harsh, but it's an integrity thing Mm. too. Like if you're not sounding like who you actually are in your copy, there's a misalignment there. Um, And a lot of people do this and it's okay because you're learning, but that's why you need to start writing and you need to start knowing who you are and who you want to bring in. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if you do or don't curse, that can bring in a different audience than you really want. So just be permission granted to be yourself and your copy, all of your, you know, shyness, all of your audacity, all of your, you know, they want, we want to see that. We want to
0: understand who you are online. That's very important. Okay. So practice that. Okay. That's the first thing we want to tell you practice that. Is there something else that we can walk away with that might help us unlock some of this copy that's already living inside of our heads?
1: Yeah. So let's talk about writer's block because, you know, you see, you might say, okay, Jasmine and Jen, I'm going to start writing my captions or start reading, writing a website page, but I'm looking at this Google Docs and I'm trying to you know, bring up a reference, but I'm just stuck. I don't know how to bring out this energy, this person, what are you talking about? I get it in theory, but in practice, it's not there. I run into that moment personally a lot of times too. I would say choose the writing environment that's going to be okay for you at that moment. So sometimes a Google document staring at that blank page is not conducive to getting me copied. Them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sure. taunting me. Exactly. So, what I do sometimes, and this might be a little controversial, but I go into a wireframe of a website or I'll pull up my website builder and I'll start there because something even if there's really nothing on the page it allows me to like say okay there's going to be a picture there okay so that helps get the juices flowing it doesn't sound or it doesn't seem like I'm starting from scratch and it allows me to kind of play with things I can move things around easier because I can see them laid out so that really helps um, sometimes and I've given that feedback to a couple of clients and they're like oh my gosh I got My whole page, Jen, just because I can see the way it's gonna be laid out. Yeah. And I can see the structure of it.
0: So for visual learners or visual thinkers, that might be a way for them to kickstart things. I wonder if going back to that conversation about templates, which all of us have a thousand templates sitting in some graveyard on our computer, I wonder if this could be a jumping off point for people. Like if you give yourself a template that you're gonna go in, but you know you're gonna make it sound like yourself, it's just your diving board.
1: Yeah. And I, that's such a good point, Jen, but I I like to think of it as like a framework or a wireframe, right? Because I would prefer if the words weren't still weren't there. If you need, you know, a couple of prompts, that's okay. But it's hard to get out of that crutch or that area or framework or like relying on that. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to, I don't want people to really, you know, when you're writing from this framework, it's not going to say like, oh, and my service package is, you know, you might not even talk a lot about your services and that's okay. That's not the point. We can add that later. The point is to really get your personality out there with your services. Yeah. So you'll have references to them, but it might not be, you know, as it's not going to be the final product.
0: That's the thing. Give yourself permission. Like this is kind of your shitty draft that you're working. Exactly.
1: On. Yeah. Exactly. But a, a way people can do this in Google Docs because it's just so easy. And mm-hmm. I often go to Google Docs anyways, is just create tables. So I create tables like, oh, this is my headline table and I'll put the big bold font there. And it just allows that visualization to come through because sometimes that's what's missing. So kind of, yeah, make a template for yourself or make a framework of just 10 10 rows in a table or 10 by 2 to kind of play with those pictures. Maybe insert your own picture into Google Docs and that'll get those is flowing better for you.
0: Yeah. Visual, visual thinkers have, they have this story that they don't have words, but like if you gave them a picture and then said, tell me a story about this picture, like they could really verbalize it to you.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's a really, um, way to kind of, if you're stuck or you don't know, um, you don't have to start with words all the time. Yeah. You can start with pictures. You can start with, you know, just going on and kind of seeing that wireframe of your website or, and that's kind of inspiring too. You can see like, oh, this is how it'll look, but you can get that satisfaction while you're actually writing. It doesn't have to go to design first. And then Hmm. the benefit is like, sometimes you'll go to design and you're like, well, I hate it, but you don't hate the words.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. You (laughs) You hate like like the way it's going to
1: look. Yeah, you hate the way it's gonna look or you hate, oh, that the headlines there and that design is still beautiful, but if you were able to like move, you know, that phrase up a little bit more, it would fit better or something. So that's why copy and design are so integrated too. Yeah, they're so important and they're so (laughs) necessary to do kind of if not together, then definitely working together in some
0: capacity. Have you ever used Conversation as a way to get people out of writer's block? 100%. So, a
1: lot of times, going back to Google Docs, sometimes people are stuck. They have an awesome voice typing feature. Ah. So, you can just go there and it'll record what you're saying. Otter does an amazing job of that. They have a generous free plan. Mm -hmm. So, you can kind of sometimes I'm in the car and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this just came to me and I, I open Otter, and I'm able to bring that up. Conversation is a wonderful way. You just have to remember to capture it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, start paying attention to your everyday life. Even if you're not necessarily having conversations, you're just, oh, I like to go on walks. Okay, note that. You know, that can be a copy bit. A co- copy is just, again, about connection. So you really want to bring those elements of your everyday life into that.
0: Sometimes when I'm listening to a comedian, you just said a a bit walking could be a bit. And it reminded me that sometimes when I'm listening to a comedian, I'm like, they wrote this, this is crafted. It's a bit, right. But they're not coming up with it extemporaneously. So it's really like, I thought about this thing. I observed this thing. I crafted it. I worked it out in front of people. And now here I am in front of like a huge stage talking about it. But really, they're copywriters. They're just noticing things that happen in their real life. And then they're making it relatable to people. Exactly.
1: Comedians are excellent storytellers because they can make walking in the park funny. (laughs) But it's just because they took that moment. And they said, Oh, this is a moment that everyone can relate to, that I relate to at least. And then they go home and they work it. So if you're, you know, making dinner, you can say, Oh, I'm making dinner and I spilled, you know, <laughs> it, it's hard to capture in the moment because it's just everyday life. That's the challenging part. So you think this isn't fodder for anything. Right. But once you start to write and you start to notice, like, oh, these everyday moments, you'll start to, open up your world to how much of your everyday life is, can be your content, can be an Instagram caption, can be a story post, can be a Facebook post. So that's, a really good tool too. And just, you know, recording those moments in your notes app. And you're not going to write that story then. Don't say, oh, I'm not inspired. You know, when I'm making dinner, the kids are waiting, my husband's waiting, you know, I'm waiting to watch TV. You know, you're not trying to necessarily document or make that post. You're just opening yourself up to those moments, even if it's for practice of opening yourself up to observing those and noticing those in the moment.
0: Not thinking that they're boring or there's nothing there. Because content is everything and everything is content. Like Exactly. Once you start to see it, everything becomes content. And I know that maybe people listening are like, I don't know what the hell that means. But once you start to see like, oh, this little thing happened to me that's annoying every night when I'm making dinner... And when I'm doing this other thing that I need to talk about with my audience, they're doing it all the time and it's annoying. And maybe I can make the leap that this annoying dinner thing is also like tied to the annoying thing that my audience has to do. Content, exactly. right? Copy. And I think that's what
1: makes segues so powerful and really good segues are those everyday moments that annoy you or that delight you and that you're able to say, oh, this, is like what delights me in my business, that analogy, like you will have, if you just pay attention to a week in your life, you will have a segue library. Like it's so amazing. And that's one way to make coffee so fun and content so fun is because you're just living your life. And then you go back to that moment and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm brilliant. That is brilliant. Maybe in you know, those moments you just you do think you're brilliant it's so true yes yes and then it kind of feeds back into itself because you just want to keep doing it and you want to keep but then you have to put it out there and then you your audience you know if you get one comment that's like oh my gosh i love this then it's it's just so good and that's why you have to do it and then you have to put it out there but it's going to take time to practice that skill but we just need to just do it
0: and then the you, you said something that's important. When you get that one comment, it like sends you. You know, you're on the roller coaster, and you're like at the crest, like yes. yes. And then you put another post out, and it's like ghost town, and you're like this. Sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: it, really it's such it's a roller, true. roller
0: coaster. It's a
1: roller coaster, um, but that's why we also keep doing it, so we <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, get those highs and lows. Yeah, like even because if you're doing this for a launch per se, right? Like you're not going to get that instant feedback. It's not content that you put out in the world and people, you only tell from conversions, which kind of is anxiety inducing. But, you know, you get that, sale or you get that inquiry and then you're like, oh my gosh, it's working. And then you don't hear anything for weeks. <laughs> and you're like, well, what's going on? You're slow to so, make decisions. Yeah. So it's really a roller coaster, but the only way you know what to tweak and what to hone and what to lean into and maybe what to lean out of is if you stay with it and if you stay with that that consistency.
0: And just one last thing to go back to you who are listening and watching. Being true to yourself makes it all a lot more palatable, right? Like not trying to look like somebody else, sound like somebody else, use the words, be like, but really giving yourself that permission that Jasmine talked about in the beginning of what lights you up and how can you bring that to your copy?
1: Yes, 100%. And, you know, even with the highs and lows, it sticks better if it's you. Yeah. Right. Because people will like you get self-conscious. We all get self-conscious like of the content
0: we're putting out there, of
1: the coffee we're putting out there. But if it's just you, then it's like, well, what would I change? What would I tweak? What would I, you know, you can make things better. You can optimize them, but you're not going to have to say, okay, Marie Forleo's voice didn't work. So let's go to you know, let's go to someone else now. Let's go to Amy. Let's go to you're not trying on hats like that. Yeah. You need to try on your own hats yeah, and see, I okay, love- this one is style. This one is definitely my style. I
0: so. love that. If people are ready to hire somebody for launch copywriting, sales page copywriting, how can they follow you and get into your world? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at launchthatcopy. Or
1: you can go onto my website at thejasminwest.com. I am currently accepting clients for the next quarter. Okay. So I accept on a quarterly basis because a launch is, you guys know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so um, if you're interested, you can reach out to me that way. And then we can have a conversation about your launch goals and about the copy that you need. And I'd love to serve you.
0: That's wonderful. Jasmine, I want to say thank you for having this conversation, like kind of demystifying copy because people think it's like some special skill, but what every copywriter tells me is it comes from a combination of what's inside of you and being true to that. And then listening to what your audience is saying and using their words and needs and feelings and kind of combining the two of them.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's, simultaneously very involved and very not (laughs) because you're you need to write like you and you need to know your voice and that's honestly the hardest part but then there comes the part of you. okay now we have to put it in copy language right so we have to organize it we have to make sure that we're still going into those things but the first part is definitely nailing your voice and just getting stuff out there even copywriters we need your voice we need to know what to, how to say things. We need to know what your message is and what your audience is responding to because that makes our job just 10 times easier and more effective. So first step to hiring a copywriter is
0: probably writing your own copy a little bit first. Huh. I always say that don't hire a marketer until you figure out your own message, your own voice, your brand personality, because they can't do that. It's, it makes it much harder for them to do that work. What and So I just want to encourage you, if you are listening to, it doesn't, you don't even have to publish it yet. Just get started with the writing and the exploring and what sounds like you and what you can let go of, like what you don't want to ever say again in your copy.
1: Yes. And a um, big misconception too, is people think, okay, I'm writing a sales page and the sales page is the only thing that I have to write for this whole day or this whole, even if it takes a week, that's the only thing that I have to write. But that's, Not necessarily (laughs) realistic or the best way to write sales copy is actually to be out in the world and to experiment with things and to go on, you know, write those Instagram captions, write those Facebook posts, because then people will engage and you'll get new ideas. And so it's really about, you know, you just taking those chunks, those little chunks that you can and just, you know, just putting them out in the world so scary.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for encouraging us to put it out there and do it in a way that feels good for us. That's a big yeah. content pillar of mine. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Thank yeah, you so much Jasmine.
1: I, no, thank you. I'm so glad and if anyone has questions about copy or about storytelling or what they want to do, feel free to reach out. I as you can see, I'm just blabbing away. I love talking about this.
0: So and your your website is the Jasmine West.
1: Yes. The Jasmine with the West with, with the a Z. Z. With a Z. Thank you for saying that.
0: <laughs> yes. And I'm sorry, on Instagram, I want to make sure one more time that we get the Instagram handle right. It's launch that copy. That so, copy. Launch yeah. that copy. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So please check out Jasmine and follow her and learn from her because copy is not extra copy is the foundation. And so until you've got your copy where you want it to be, you are still going to feel like you're treading water and you're going to get exhausted. So yes, go get a life preserver from Jasmine. The beautiful
1: thing about copy um, and hiring a copywriter is the gift that keeps on giving, right? Because you have that copy and even as your business evolves and it changes and it grows inevitably over time, you still get to use those nuggets. You still get to use those core little pieces that you can put on. Even if it's from a sales page, you can now put it in a caption or you can put it you know, on your website. It's kind of like a build your own type of thing where you can cut and paste. But I only recommend that from your own copy, not from other people's copy. Um, because then you're you're messing with the with the magic if you do that. <laughs> right
0: <laughs> thank you Jasmine for your time and your brilliance and I hope that my listeners engage with your copy brilliance oh thank you Jen for having me my pleasure see you every see you next week everyone bye